Service. That was good. That was good. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may you may be seated. Well, I appreciate the happy birthday, but who's counting? Who's counting? You know. We're excited about this this uh, little girl coming into our our family, and we've got uh, we have three little grandsons, a seven and seven year old, and two three year olds, and. And uh, Evan and Aaron are expecting another little boy, so we're going to have two sets of brothers in Pleasanton and in Austin, and then this, this, little, this little princess that's, that's showing up, and we are fully expecting her to hold court over these, over these young men, just like her, her mother has, has done over the, over the years. And we're excited and blessed um, for this season in our lives. I know some of you as parents have wondered if you'd ever have an opportunity to be called a, a grandparent, and uh, we wondered about that too, but the Lord has, has changed and turned that season, and we're very, very grateful. The little ones being carried, two, two will be born um, shortly after Super Bowl. I think Abby and Ryan are making sure that they that this happens after Super Bowl has happened. They're in heavily involved in the Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs organization, and we'll be in and out. But the Lord will take care of all the of all of the timing. Now that's sort of a setup for where we're headed this morning. Um, sort of. You'll have to stay with me. You know, granddads just always are looking for ways to bring their grandkids into the into the equation, and I'm I'm certainly one of those. <clears throat> I can remember not many occasions, but a time or two when I would be um, I'd be maybe by myself with one of our grandsons, and we might be in a setting, uh, H-E-B, um, you know, or just uh, out in a crowd somewhere, and you're never going to let them get too far from you, but on occasion, the little guy can not know where Pops is. Uh, that's what they call me, Pops. And so I hear... I hear the sound of little Samuel or little Silas or little Blanton saying, Pops, Pops, where are you? Immediately in this old heart, there's this response. I'm right here. I'm right here. There's something about when they hear the sound of this voice, it brings something to that little troubled heart, that there's a person behind the voice, and the person behind that voice is my pops. And it's as if it's all just spoken. He's going to take care of me. It's all right. I'm going to be okay. And they can settle back into whatever that is that they're doing or wherever we are. Can I ask you if you've ever in your spirit, in your heart, in a time when it was tough and it was tight and it was frightening, and maybe you didn't know what to do next, but you heard something like this to your spirit. 
I'm right here. Trust me. I'm right here. Trust me. Might have been in a labor and delivery room. It might have been in an operating, operational, operation waiting room. You didn't know what the future would hold. You didn't know how to, know how to handle to face the, the unknown. But somehow you heard the shepherd speak in a way that you knew that it was him to your sheep heart. I'm right here. Trust me. Now, folks, listen to me. Please let this in. God has a great destiny for you. But here's a part of that destiny. The valley may be too wide, and the mountains of his choosing and his calling for you may be too high. And you won't even be able to walk unless he's holding your hand. You're going to need to learn how to, and many of you have. You need to learn how to recognize and to sense his presence. And the confidence gathering in your heart is vital for the great places that he's calling you to. The confidence rising in your heart being this, that where he sends me, where he puts me, I will sense his presence. I'm trying to say to you, Jesus, the real Jesus, the alive Jesus, is more than the words on the pages in this book. You can take this book and you can put it on a shelf and you can forget about it until maybe something happens and you'd say, now what do I need to remember? And it's all true. And it's all wonderful truth. But the reason the Holy Spirit of Jesus was poured out on the Lord's people, on the church, is so that the Jesus described in here would come to live and operate and move in power inside your chest, inside your mind, inside your emotions so that you will be able to hear him say to you, I'm right here. Trust me. Have you ever known a time when you tried to quote a verse of Scripture about fear? And you quoted the verse, and you were still scared. <laughs> The quote the verses about the flesh being put to death and lust and anger and revenge and all that stuff. We quote the verses, quote the verses, and we're still eating up with it. 
Where does the change come? It's when you and I understand we can't even walk without him holding our hand. And he delights for his children to say, Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart so that I'll know your presence and so that from your presence, I'll know what I need to do next or what you're calling me to do next. Would you find in your copy of the scripture this morning, the book of Matthew, and Matthew chapter 14, and this is one of those stories in the gospels of Jesus, a storm, and a boatload of scared disciples. Let's just jump right into it. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. After Jesus had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat with the disciples, and it was already many stadia, a long way away from the bank, from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary, blowing against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were frightened, saying, it's a ghost. And they, grown men, seasoned fishermen, veterans of the Sea of Galilee, cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Another way that could be phrased for our benefit this morning is, I'm right here. Trust me. I'm right here. They they had... They had not only the waves to be afraid of, they had what they thought might be a ghost walking on the water until he gave the sound of his voice. It's me. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Trust me. On the look, up until that time, they were scared witless. But when there was the recognition, this is is important, this is powerful, a powerful part of this truth. When they recognized that it was Jesus, when they sensed the presence of Jesus, Peter immediately knew what he was to do next. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And the Lord said back to that man who just seconds ago had been scared to death. But when the presence of Jesus was made known, there was a sense in Simon Peter of what to do next. And it was an impossible act. Do you see that? Simon Peter had never thought of it before. Never even considered it before. To walk on the water. Folks, listen. Listen. 
I'm telling you this is the truth. When you sense the presence of Jesus in your company, where you are, there can rise up within your spirit in response to the sense of the presence of the one whom death couldn't hold, who Satan has to bow down to, who holds everything together by the word of his power. When you're in his presence, the impossible can rise up in you. And I'm telling you, a bunch of you are called to the impossible. You're not called to the normal. You're not called to the ordinary. But the Lord has set his sights on you because he has visions for you and greatness and the impossible and the tearing down walls and the opening up of cities and the breaking of family lines and all of those things that you could never do on your own. And the thing is, you and I may never know what those steps of greatness and those assignments of the impossible are until we learn to live with the expectation of his presence where we expect that he will come off of the pages of Scripture and that he will make himself real to us. I'm going to show you, that before we end this this morning, Lord willing, how that prayer, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Lord, send your spirit in power to the hearts of the church can in effect, in a sense, come straight off of the pages of Scripture, straight out of a prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He knew that unless there was something that would happen inside the hearts of, not in the brains, but in the hearts of people that affects the brain, and that something happening being the sense of the presence of Jesus alive in their hearts. Unless that happened, they would not rise to the level of greatness that the Lord would have in mind for them. The the, the early church didn't have copies of the Scripture. The New Testament was still being written in the 60 A.D.s and the 80. It wasn't completed probably until 90, the 90s A.D. They didn't have the Old Testament to pass around. They didn't have the book of Psalms to be reading. And as these churches would start, they would come to know Jesus. But what they had to have was the understanding that the Jesus who died on the cross for you, whose blood was shed for you, who was raised from the dead as proof that everything he said about himself was true and that he is Lord of all. But what you need to have and what you are going to need in order for not only your growth but for the expansion of the church for the early church to to move into future centuries and not just die off as a footnote in history these followers of this Jesus of Nazareth came and went and it was forgotten it's just read about in history books in order for it to be a living dynamic in human history there was going to have to be a power greater than human power And the power would be the pouring out of the spirit of the living Jesus into ordinary folks having to live ordinary lives and faced with difficulties that they would never see coming. But somehow as they lived, they came to count on the fact that they would know the presence of Jesus alive inside them. 
it wouldn't just be a memory of a revival 15 years ago. Or, or just that in heaven, that's where it's all going to be completed. No, somehow they had to have a sense that the great God, the great Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, somehow had designs upon their lives. And the design would be to be a light in dark places, to stand and pray and believe for strongholds to be broken in cities and family lines and for freedom to come to nations. Where would they get that kind of vision? Where would they get that kind of imagination? They would get it because of the Spirit of Jesus real to them every day and night of their lives, many of them. That's what this is about today. That's what it's about. The Lord's saying... In your business, in your family, medical condition, neighborhood, national, national issues and struggles and problems that we, we as American Christians or Christians Americans look at our country and we realize that there is a great need for great change. Where is our hope that that's going to happen? It is the hope that the Lord Jesus Christ alive inside you is saying, I'm right here. Trust me. I need to move on from that, but I'm going to come back to show you how this man named David, who was said he was always beholding the Lord, the Lord's presence with him. And because he was sensing the Lord's presence, he wasn't shaken. Are you shaking today? Are there places that shake us? Are there people that shake us? David said the medicine for a shaky heart is the sensing of the felt manifest presence of the living Jesus right where I am and right with me. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, he said. At my right hand. Therefore, I will not be shaken because the Lord is here. I'm seeing, I'm beholding the Lord. Now, I, I'm, I, I know some of you have heard this and, and, and you've, been, you've been very patient to listen to this, but I, I just, I just got to jump into it one more time. That where you're weak, where there is a hunger and a thirst in your heart for more than just sitting in a church building and just going through the motions and even having good Christian friends. But where's the power? Where's the power to say no? Where's the power to hang on to a yes? Where's the power of joy? The power, the power is going to be found in the presence of Jesus off the cross, out of the tomb, and the live within your heart, not theoretically, but organically, actively, regularly. It's power. So, so back, back to the boat, back to the night of the storm. Jesus didn't come to them on the other side of Galilee. He could have just transmitted himself to the other side, but he came to them in the storm. 
And, and it was the sense of his presence in the storm that called forth Peter to do something that made no sense. It was absolutely impossible. Folks, the place of dreams being ignited can be in the place of an impossibility in your life. On the one hand, they're saying we're going down. On the other hand, Simon Peter is saying, I'm walking on it. I'm, I'm going to him. Do you see that? Instead of waiting for everything to calm down and everybody to be at peace and all of the things to be worked out, what if in the middle of that storm, like with these men, the Lord is wanting to make his presence real to you so that even though nobody else has ever walked on that kind of water, you've come to him on the water and nobody can ever take that story, that reality out of your life. From that place, Peter would be the one who would be given the assignment to give leadership, headship in a sense, to the, to the church that would be birthed and would be coming forth from that work of Jesus on the cross and the Spirit being poured out on those men and so forth. But Simon Peter had an impossible story to tell because of the presence of Jesus being made known to him. You go to 2 Timothy the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, another passage that we've often referenced around here. And I, I just, if you can get into the page of Scripture, if, you can, if we can go back all of those centuries and somehow be in this jail cell, this dungeon, with the writer of most of your New Testament, the, the, the great follower of Jesus, Paul, the Apostle. But look what he says. This is 2 Timothy 4 and verse 16. At my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But verse 17, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me in order that through me, the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear, might hear the gospel of Jesus. And I was delivered out of the lion's mouth and the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen, he says. But the Lord stood with me. I don't know of any other place in Paul's writings that he describes a situation, a season with the Lord in the way that he describes this. He doesn't say the Lord visited me one night. He doesn't say that the Lord made himself known in a dream. Or that through Onesiphorus I was encouraged, or others that he could have named. But folks, he says, and this is the part of why Paul didn't quit. This is part of why he kept going against all odds and didn't back down and didn't back up. He said, when everybody else had gone, but the Lord stood with me. I'm telling you, I do not believe for an instant that that was an academic mental 
statement that by faith I'm just believing the Lord is here. No. Somehow, that man who was weak in many senses, they, they said he was short, he spoke with a high squeaky voice, he, he, was, he, was, he would use words that would be difficult to understand, he, he wasn't highly applauded in the natural sense. So it wasn't about the Lord being drawn to him because he was such an attractive human. He was weak. He had a jaded past. He had things that he would live with, memories that he would live with, that he had to count on the Lord to be able to renew and refresh the understanding that he had been forgiven. It was to that one that he says, the Lord came to me. And the Lord stood with me. Now, my brother and my sister, if we want to stay at this lower level of just human relationships, and that we're no different than the other four billion on the planet, basically, then you can just take something like that and put it on a shelf and say, that was great for Paul, but that doesn't have anything to do for me. I want to say to the dreamers in the room, I want to say to the darers in the room, I want to say to the ones who have a heart and believe that this Lord Jesus Christ, what he has done before, he's able to do again today in the lives of people. To the dreamers, I want to say what the apostle Paul experienced, the Lord's heart is for you to walk into. But when did it happen with Paul? When everything was smooth and everybody was great and all his bills were paid and there were no needs, no. He didn't have a soul. He didn't have a human person to stand with him. But the Lord stood with him. Paul would say, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The word for know, the verb know, is an experiential knowledge. It is not a head knowledge. It's not an academic knowledge. I want to know him, and I want to know him in the power of his ability to raise the dead. So where did he end up spending a lot of his time? In impossible places, and in this case, a lonely place. But the one whom he longed to know was the one who caused himself to be known. And the Lord stood with me. I'm, I'm talking to some folks right now, and you're in a situation that you could wish you could be out of. You, you could wish it could end. You could wish it could all go away. But, but, but you're there not of your own doing. You, you're, you're there because the circumstances turned out that way. Or you're trying to follow the Lord, and it has come upon you the events and the circumstances and season situation that you're in. I just want to say to you, there's a word here for you. You, 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 are, you, you are not alone. You, you have not been abandoned. If you've received Jesus as Savior and Lord, that he, that he is owning your heart and you desire to please him and, and your heart is to love him, then his heart for you is to make his presence known to you. Lord, send your spirit in power to this heart. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit 
His spirit who would be poured out after he's ascended to the Father, reinvested with all of his glory, and then some, the name that is above every other name. It was the spirit of that exalted Christ poured out upon the church. And that he would be the one who would be able, who would enable us to see things. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Paul prayed that also for the Ephesians. Lord, grant them your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the true knowledge of you. Knowing that there are things we won't be able to see and understand and know about God unless the Spirit of the Lord Jesus is the one who gives us the ability to see. So that's how he prayed. But the Lord stood with me. I'm not talking about some necessarily some crisis experience where, oh God, will you please give me the ability to do these things and slain in the spirit, speak with tongues, all of that. He, he, He can do anything he chooses to do all over again. Yes, he can. But what we're talking about here is is not some mystical kind of thing, but we're talking about in the situation where you and I are, the places where we live, where, where, where there is a weakness to be able to trust him because of what we're facing. It's difficult for us to release and to forgive can be difficult for us to, 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 to keep on wanting to have fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ when we've been hurt so badly by that kind of so-called fellowship. And that to continue to love, to continue to forgive, to be able to believe. If he doesn't help you, all you've got is that list of scriptures on hope and faith and repentance that are the standards The bar is set high, but there's no ability to live that way unless the power of the Spirit of Jesus enables you to live that way. And I'm talking about some crisis experience. I'm talking about just waking up in the morning and saying, Lord, I can't even walk unless you're holding my hand. And on the basis of that reality, I'm not even going to try. What I am going to do is I'm going to say, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart so that as you are strengthening me, then I'm going to know what I'm supposed to do. Then I'm going to have faith to be able to pray for my wife when she needs to be prayed for, or my children, or my husband, or those at work. I'm going to know the choices that I need to make because it comes out of the sense of your presence alive in my heart. If your experience as a Christian has grown boring, you are not praying this prayer. If, 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 if this, if this thing of, 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 of being a Christian is dull, if, if it's... it's uh, ineffective and irrelevant, then somewhere along the way, you've missed this truth that the Lord desires to make his presence known in practical ways, in the real ways 
that affect us and that we are invited to pray. He, he, he won't impose it. Many times, we're blessed with a taste. We, we go to a service and, 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 there's, and, and something happens and there's a breakthrough or somebody prays for us and something happens, but we treat that as if that's, that's just a once in a great while, once in a lifetime kind of experience and never have really latched into this that the Lord wants us to look to him every day, every day. And if need be in times throughout the day, looking at what's coming, looking at what may be trying to whip you from behind. And whenever the place of impossibility and realizing honestly, I can't do this, I can't fix this. The go-to place is this prayer. Lord, send your spirit in power. To my heart. Jesus would say that the role of the Spirit is to take what is His and make it known to us. To take what is His and make it known to us. His presence. His presence. His presence. So, so David, I mentioned that in, in, in the Acts 2, Simon Peter's Sermon on the day of Pentecost, message on the day of Pentecost, he, he, he quotes Psalm 16, and, and you can find that in your copy, in, in your New Testament, and, it, and it's, it's just, Peter just takes off on this. This was David. I was, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. I wasn't where he was, but he was where I am. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. He is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. And then he goes on to say, as that, as that section of Psalm 16 includes, and he, he was causing me to know gladness in his presence. Gladness in his presence. David, David, not talking about the great congregation. David by himself. Folks, it's, it's, it's a blessing when we can you know, covey up, cluster up as a group, as believers. But, but, but you got to know, the Lord loves you without the osmosis of you being around some other folks. And, and his call to greatness on your life may be far beyond anything that anybody you know, any Christian you have fellowship, have ever experienced in their lives. He's calling you higher. And you will know that from the place of his presence being made real to you. And from the place of his presence being made real to you, you will know what next you're to do. And it, it, I'm not talking about a lifetime, one event that carries it for the rest of the lifetime. It, 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 it's a daily, it's a regular, it's as needs arise and situations and opportunities arise. He makes his heart known to us. You know, I'm, I'm 69 today. I, I, I remember when, when I was about an eighth grade student at Frank M. Black Junior High School in Houston, Texas. We had been shifted there. My dad was a pastor, and been, we'd been called to a, the Garden Oaks Baptist Church from a church in Longview the Marbley Avenue Baptist Church, where I was baptized and had come to know the Lord in Longview. We moved, we moved down there, and, and in Houston, 
And, and I was just lost in this sea of people. It, it was the craziest thing. The, the junior high that I was in was huge, bigger than, you know, my class in that junior high was bigger than the junior high that I had left in Longview, Texas. I'm eighth grade. And somehow I ended up in a speech class, a speech class. And I'm telling you, folks, I just the thought of having to get up and say something. My throat would dry up. My hands would get sweaty. I'd just want to sit there and just die that it was about to be my turn to get up and speak. So when you hear all this hollering and this slapping and this spitting and this stomping and looking like the man's enjoying himself, which he is, you got to know that's not where it started. And I'm telling you that there are some of you God is calling out of what you're comfortable with. God's calling out of your normal stuff. Not that the, where he's put us has been bad, but there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. And it is to be found at that place of sensing that the Lord is making himself known to you and real to you. And from that place, you're going to know what you are next supposed to do in following him. Age doesn't mean anything. Thank you very much. Ethnicity, education, various backgrounds, single or married, all, all all of those things. It's what happens in the place of the studied and determined that you're going to stay there in that place of seeking his presence. That David would say, the Lord said to me, seek my face, meaning seek my presence. And David said, as king, as a governmental leader, as a military leader, as a business person, my heart, oh God, will seek your face. Because he knew that in the sense, in the place of the Lord's presence, that would be the source from which, the launching pad from which the impossible would break forth through his life. What is a little guy, the runt of the litter? All those brothers, he's the one picked. The next thing we'll read about him after Samuel had anointed him, he he hears about Goliath. Well, great Scott, everybody else was hearing about Goliath. Why was David saying, no, no? That uncircumcised Philistine will not on my watch, little old bitty guy with a slingshot and, you know, Adidas, he will not on my watch taunt the armies of the living God. And off he went. Where'd you get it? The sense of the presence of the Lord by his spirit came upon David, the scripture says, mightily from that day forward. Dreamers, hear me. Darers, hear me. Impossible workers. Listen to this. Listen to this. And I want you to go. I'm going to need to finish this as much as is possible. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. The second of two prayers in the book of Ephesians for the new Christians there in the city of Ephesus. Verse 14. Ephesians 3 verse 14. Paul writes, for this reason, 
I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. That's what he's talking about. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Lord, send your spirit and power to their hearts. Lord, send your spirit in power. It is what Paul is saying and describing the way he prayed for the Ephesians. They didn't have copies of the New Testament. New Testament is still being written. The books were not published in a prolific sense in those days. So it, well, he wasn't talking about literature. But, but look, look at that again. This, this, is how, this is how I pray. This is what I ask from the Father. Verse 8, that he would grant you, that he would give you something you don't have. Well, well, they were all saved. They were all Christians. They'd all received the down payment of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, they couldn't have repented and couldn't be believing. But he's saying, Lord, there is the more. There is the further there was the beyond the first step that these your people need, and I'm asking you for it. Lord, send your spirit in power to their hearts. Lord, send your spirit in power to their hearts. Do you see that in that, in that reading? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, that he would grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit, in the inner man, inner man speaking of heart, inner man speaking of spirit, Lord, send your spirit and power to their hearts so that Christ may dwell in your hearts, the presence of Christ. You say, well, I've got Jesus in my heart. Is that a, is that a cranial thing? Is that an academic thing? Is that just something about faith? Or is that an experiential kind of knowledge? I know he's in me. I know he's working in me. Because he, by his spirit strengthening me, has given me, he's given me a no that I didn't have before. He's given me a stop when I didn't have it before. Or he's giving me a yes. He's giving me a dream. He's giving me something to pursue that, that is beyond anything that I could do on my own. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. The evidence of the sense of his presence a manifestation of the sense of his presence is knowing he loves you. Back here when I told you about one of those little grandsons, and, 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 and they're calling my name, and, and I say, I'm here, there is the conveyance. As soon as they hear the voice, there's a sense that that's, 
my pops who loves me. They, they, they're three years old. They can't articulate all these words, but somehow they feel that they're safe. They're cared for. They're loved. They're being protected if pops is there. Now, you take that out of that very small and limited application, and you take it into the God of the universe who chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world who picked you out before you ever chose him. When did, the start loving your, when did the Lord start loving you? Not when you started loving him. For God so loved the world, the world was pagan and lost and rebellious. That's where we all were. But still God loved us. It, 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 it's, somehow, it's somehow that realization, that recognition, that sense of our hearts being bathed, that in his presence I know that I'm loved. You, you, you can read the verses about how much he loves you, but that's not necessarily the same as knowing experientially that he loves you. Paul is saying, "My pe- your people need that, Lord, and I'm praying that you will grant them to be strengthened with might through your spirit in the inner man. Lord, send your spirit and power to their hearts so that Christ may dwell, not visit. It's like the Lord stood with me. Christ dwells in you. You, you got some, it's live, to live with, live, to, to be at home. You, you got to, ever have somebody living in your house and you don't know they're there? Don't answer that, you know. But, but if, if somebody is living in your house, access to the kitchen, access to the bathrooms, access to a bedroom, access to the front porch, access to the backyard, that's the word here. That, that, that you would know that Jesus Christ is at home in your heart. He lives there. He operates from there. He owns your heart. When this drops 18 inches, out of the hearing with the ear, into the longing of the heart, it clarifies focus. We're not trying to trot around trying to find which church has got the biggest program and the most whatever. We're not looking in different things for the things that only the Lord really can. But we're saying, Lord, it's you. I need you. And I'm praying that you would send your spirit and power. Husbands, are you praying for your wives? Or when, and I'm saying that with my beloved sitting here. There'll be times when, when she needs to unload, when, when she needs to list things that, that were, I need to help her or where things going on that I'm not able to control. But if my day has started before I get up off that pillar, Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart so that I'll know what you want me to do. I'll have energy for what you want me to do. I'll have vision for what you want me to do. And then when time comes and we're drinking our coffee and some stuff begins to, she begins to speak some things, there, there, is, there can rise up within me a confidence I'm ready to pray. The, the, the Lord's putting some things in my heart to pray. Enforce my authority to break that, 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 that hounding spirit that's coming after her, that depressive, fearful thing. Break it off of her in the name of Jesus. Well, where do you get that? Just reading a book on how to pray for your wives or having a sense that the Lord who loves her and who has you in her life for a reason would say, I want you to know my presence so you can 
sense my direction and flow in my power. Dreamers, darers, impossibility takers. The next step, the next step for you into the rest of your destiny that's not normal, that won't make sense to everybody or please everybody, but it's exactly his heart for you. He will cause you to know the next step as you enjoy his presence and cultivate that sense of delight that he wants to be with you and you're eager to be with him. And if there's nobody else around you, you're just fine. If there's nobody else giving you the attaboys and way to go and thank you, but you sense his nearness, you sense his presence, then in time, that, that, they'll come, they'll say what they need to say. But what if, what if you're in a spot like this where Paul was, there was nobody, no one supported all it abandoned, but the Lord stood with me. Thirst for that, ache for that, ask for that, Lord. Send your spirit and power. Right now, right where you are, not after the storm quits, not after the trouble passes, Lord, send your spirit and power to this heart. For Christ's sake, the sense of his presence is the first step to knowing what next you're to do. And the next that you are to do will often flow from the place of realizing that you are in the presence of the God who knows no limits. Nobody can stop him. Nothing has defeated him. And he's picked you out to represent his name and his heart on this earth. Lord, I thank you for this, this truth, this, this wonderful truth. Don't let us escape it. Lord, I pray that you'll stir us in this place, that, that we're not trying to find something that is way off in a distance and, and not relevant. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see right where we're living, same street address, same shoe size, Same faces, same people, same needs. But you were saying, pray this prayer. Ask me to do this for you. I would send my spirit and power to your heart that you would know my presence and you would know what you're next to do. Thank you, Lord. You know what you got when you got us, and it's a mess in many ways. But by your spirit, you are equal to the task, more than equal to the task. Encourage my brothers and sisters today. Let them hear beyond what the speaker has said. Let them hear your voice throughout the rest of the day and into the night. Draw us closer, but Lord, descend to meet us. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence. For he is at my right hand that I will not be shaken. Grant it, Lord. Grant to us what you blessed David with, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's stand together. Let's stand together. 
If, if you're bored, if you are bored with what you have come to experience as your Christian life, there's one prayer you're not praying. If it's grown dull, if it's grown inactive, if it's grown predictable, <laughs> if it's grown very safe, then I would just, I said earlier in the early, so I'll double dog dare you, you know, to pray, to say, Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart so that I will know what I am to do because I am in the sense of your presence. If he doesn't give you anything else to do but just to be able to enjoy his presence, that's plenty. That's plenty. The mountain's too high. For the dream of God for you, the mountain's too high. And the valley's too wide to do it on your own. I can't even walk after that dream unless you're holding my hand. You can't have somebody holding your hand unless you know of the person who is there holding your hand. It's not a ghost. It's a person. His name is Jesus. And his is the name that's above every other name. Amen. 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 You know, I tell you often, I, a lot of this stuff that's going on comes from his pulpit as a preacher preaching to himself, you know. So if y'all aren't saying amen, I'm saying amen because I need it and I know it's true. And Lord, do it in my heart. Do it in our hearts. Prayer partners, if you'll join me here at the front, please. If you're here this morning, we can pray with you and pray for you to give your heart to Christ. If we can agree with you at that place, if you've never... He said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm putting my trust that you died for me on the cross. I invite you, living Jesus, to come live in my heart. If, if, that, if you've never done that, that's where this all starts. And then from the place of a forgiven member of the family, then we pray, Lord, send your spirit and power to my heart. It, it, he, we, we, no one can know Jesus apart from the work of the spirit. That's very clear. But what we're talking about is the strengthening, the empowering, the enabling that by the Spirit of the living Jesus, He will enable you to be and to do. Okay. Lord, thank you for this time. Send this where it needs to go. Cause your word to bear fruit in lives, we pray. In Jesus' sweet name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, what, what's that? I'm going to let you go. I promise. What's that? What's that one prayer? What, what's that? What's that one line prayer? What's that one line prayer? Lord, send your spirit in power to my heart. Now, you don't you leave the sound of those words inside those doors back there. Portable, portable, mobile, often, regularly. Amen. 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 Thank you. I'm gonna sing of the goodness.